0: to the Esports Report. Uh, I am your lovely host, Ashley Hodge, and hopefully I sound a lot better. Um, I mentioned this in the the last podcast episode, but I did not mention this in the YouTube episode that I recently joined the Knights of the Last Call Discord um, because I wanted to play Pathfinder 2E, and I wanted a GM Pathfinder 2E, and my husband showed me a thread that was for, you know, audio help, and I ended up running into Ben, who works on the Last Call, uh, yeah, Nights of the Last Call podcast, and he was able to recommend a USB mic for me, so what I'm currently using is the Shure M7. Um, It's a USB mic. It is a XRL mic too, but um, I don't have an an interface to like plug that into. So I'm just using it as a USB. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, So let's talk about today's episode. So today's episode is going to be a deep dive into the GHSA esports bylaws. Um, I feel like a lot of coaches or schools um, students and parents don't know how to get to the bylaws. So I'm going to show you how to get there. I'm going to show you where you can find it. And then we're going to analyze and look at them together. All righty. So the first thing I'm going to show you is how to find the GHSA esports bylaws. Um, so I'm going to share my screen with you. And there we go. So I am currently at uh, GHSA.net. That is the Georgia High School Association website. So once you get to this site, you're going to go over here where it says Quick Source in red. And it is the second option Constitution and bylaws. So if you click on that link it's going to take you here and you want to click on the very first one because that is the 2021-2022 bylaws. So it's going to open their constitution which is very large. So what you want to do is hit uh control f or command f um, if you're using a Windows or a Mac, type in eSports, and the very first one it will show you is where it is. It's on page 95, uh, but if I hit the second one, third one, it's gonna take me down here to where the eSports bylaws are. So here we are. All right, so these are the Georgia eSports bylaws. All right, so we have some general information at the top. It says eSports is a state championship co-ed event open to all GHSA schools in all classifications. Uh, There will be a fall season and spring season each year, with specific dates published on the GHSA website. Uh, Each game's championship will be determined by a single elimination tournament. Each team will host or each team will consist of three to five players, depending on the requirements of a specific game, Alternates may be chosen and multiple teams are allowed. Uh, Eligibility reports are required for all participants. Uh, Participants must be academically eligible as specified in the bylaw 150 and cannot be a migrant student as defined in the bylaw 160. Eligibility reports must be received in the GHSA office at least 20 calendar days prior to the first contest. All matches and game rules must be overseen and managed by the company Play versus INC. In addition to Play versus rules, school must follow the GHSA bylaws, which will take precedent over Play versus procedures. Uh, Play versus will specify equipment needed for competition in each game. In general, coaches should have access to the communication platform utilized by Play versus. Sportsmanship of coaches and players will be monitored by Play Versus and the GHSA. Rosters will be managed during registration for the games with Play Versus. All practices and matches must be conducted in the physical presence of a certified coach. Students may not play GHSA esports from home. Forfeitures without timely communication beforehand may be grounds for fines and or penalties. And of course, we have right here, the state coordinator for eSports is Tanya Anderson. And it lists her email, which is tanyaanderson at ghsa.net. So those are the bylaws, not not a lot of them. Uh, So let's just look at these uh, really quick and let's discuss them. So the first one, um, each game's championship will be determined by a single elimination tournament. I don't, I guess I don't really have too much of a problem with that. I mean, we're currently playing eight different games through play versus. So if you had like um, multiple rounds in a tournament, that could make the event last even longer than it already does. And it already lasts a pretty long time. However, uh, it's hard for me to say, you know, one game to determine everything. Uh, maybe. I don't know, maybe different uh, tournament style rules for different games like Rocket League. It's best two out of three for the championship or something like that. Single elimination seems a little harsh. Um. So when these were originally written, um, you know, we only had... Rocket League, Smite, and League of Legends. So that's why they have this three to five players, depending on the requirements for the specific game. Um, this right here probably needs to be updated to just say required players for each specific game. I thought Splatoon is four. League of Legends is five. Madden is one. Madden is a single player. Um, so that doesn't really fit into these bylaws right here. I think NBA 2K is a single player. Hearthstone is a single player. And Super Smash is single player. Like, I know Super Smash, they have, like, three students on a team. But, you know, it's not like 3v3. It's 1v1. So, I count it as a single player. So, I think that that needs to be uh, updated. And it says multiple teams are allowed. There are multiple teams. Uh, I would like it to be more specific uh, because you might not know this. But for your school to participate in a state esports championship, you can actually only have two teams per school. Correction, that is two teams per game. Uh, For example, I had three Madden players. Um, this year, and only two of them could go to playoffs. So I don't really have a problem with a limitation on the number of teams um, because I was at Colquitt uh, for a while and I had like 10 League of Legends teams. And that's not fair to a smaller school who might only have two. So I don't mind uh, the team limitation. I think that's good. Um, eligibility, uh, <laughs> can't talk. Eligibility reports. Um, are required for our participants. That is not unique to esports. Um, basically, you can go to that bylaw in here and look at that. It's very long. I mean, I guess we we could go look at it. Uh, let me, I'll get through all of these and then we can go look at that bylaw. Yeah, so in my, one of my episodes, I did kind of like a deep dive of the three major companies that are, are offering esports in Georgia. Um, so, remember with Play Versus, I said that they're partnered with GHSA. And if you want a, a state sanctioned uh, championship, you will use Play Versus. So, it's right here in the bylaws. It says all matches and game rules will be overseen and managed by Play Versus. You have to follow Play Versus and you have to use them. But GHSA does say, you know, if Play Versus, um, makes a rule and, and we don't like it, we have the right to change it. So that's basically what that is saying. Play versus will specify the equipment needed for each competition. So they do actually do that on their website when they tell you the platform. This kind of needs to be the second part I think needs to be elaborated on. Um, It says in general, coaches have access to the communication platform utilized by play versus. Um, Yeah, play versus. Uh, So in the beginning, uh, if Will was here, he would second me on this. Um, In the beginning, Playverses only use Discord, um, which is a problem for a lot of schools because a lot of schools automatically will block Discord because it's a privacy issue. So if your school had it blocked, um, you had to go to your IT department and they would either um, block it for you or they wouldn't. So I will say in the recent seasons, Play Versus has actually made an in-game chat feature that is actually within their website that you and the coach can use to communicate. So that's pretty good. And that's a really good work around the the discord issue. Um, Sportsmanship of coaches and players will be monitored by Play Versus and GHSA. Um, That's pretty self-explanatory. You know, conduct yourself in a professional way and model good behavior for your students. Uh, rosters will be managed during registrations um, with play versus. I think that's kind of unnecessary. I think that really goes with F. I think they're just being redundant there. I have a problem personally with J, uh, especially during the COVID pandemic, and really, honestly, the ongoing COVID pandemic because it hasn't like stopped. Um, So it says all practices and matches must be conducted in the physical presence of a certified coach. Students may not play from home. Now, I understand why GHSA would want this. You know, you want to make sure that the student who's who is playing is the one who's playing. You know, if they can play from home, they could lie. You want to make sure that an adult is there to monitor them, you know, to make sure that they're not demonstrating toxic behavior in the chat, that they're doing what they're supposed to do. However, I think an exemption should have been made during the COVID pandemic, especially when all of the cases were spiking. And this is why. Let's say you have five kids and they want to make a League of Legends team. And you tell them, you know, if one of you goes out with COVID or gets exposed, we don't have any substitutes, you're going to have to forfeit or play a 4v5. And they were fine with it. Even though you recommend it, they try to get extra people. Um, And we ended up having a lot of forfeits. Uh, That was just a personal example from my school. But I know a lot of schools ended up having to forfeit. Um, Not last year, 2021, 2022, uh, not this past school year. But the one before it was awful. Yeah, I'll be honest. It was one of the worst esports seasons because of all the forfeits. Um, now, I didn't go to that state championship, so I don't really know what that was like. I'm sure it was fine. But I just think if COVID numbers you know, are increasing or there's some kind of thing that happens and the students and the staff can't physically be at the school, that there should be exemptions for that. Uh, forfeitures without timely communication beforehand, may be grounds for fines and other penalties. I'll be honest with you. This is very aggravating and it's still happening. It still happened. And uh, this season, um, you know, it would be game day and I would get an email 30 minutes before match or five minutes before match. Uh, with a coach telling me that they couldn't play and they needed to, you know, reschedule. I'll be honest; it's it's a little aggravating. Um, generally, what I do, what I find is a good practice, is you email the coach at the beginning of the week. You know, hey, my team Dunkin' Donuts is playing against your team Pizza Hut, and we're playing Super Smash. On this day at this time, hope to see you there, looking forward to see you there, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And in the subject line, what I would do is make sure you put your team name and then the, the coach's student's team name that you're going against. That makes life a lot easier um, because when somebody just emails me and says, hey, I'm Coach Bob from whatever school. Uh, that really doesn't help me. I need to know the, the names of the teams and the the game. And that'll help me a lot. Uh, but that's just a personal thing that I do. Um, so, yeah. So, that's a bylaw. So, I guess we're going to go look at um, bylaw 150 really quick. Because uh, eligibility is a, a big, big deal. Uh, so, what it says is students gain a, um, eligibility. Uh, to practice or compete for the school in which they enroll after they have been certified by the principal of that school, after the forms have been processed by the GHSA office, and after the student has met the standards of academic requirements, age, semester in high school, residence in the school service area, transfer rules, and note it says students who are entering the ninth grade, they automatically can play. So that's a good thing. If you have not graders interested, they can automatically play, right? So it says, hey, this certification for these students must be uh, submitted in each sport no later than the date set by the GHSA for the first practice in that sport or activity. Um, So a student is an eligible um, if they have a court restraining order or injunction against the school or GHSA. And then has the court order um, vacated, stayed reversed, or ruled unjustified. Uh, The executive director shall take one or more of the following actions against the school involved in the interest of restitution and fairness to the competing schools. Uh, Require that students or team records and performances achieved during participation by the ineligible school be vacated or stricken. Require that the team victories be forfeit to the opponents and require that the teams awarded earned by the school or individual awards by the ineligible students to be returned to GHSA. Um, So to be eligible, uh, you must be enrolled as a full time student. Uh, Enrollment is defined as the fall semester when the student participates in a practice or contest before class begins or the student attend classes. Uh, spring semester when the student attends classes. Um, And then a student must be enrolled in only one high school at a time. The student must be in regular regular attendance. And the student must take courses in total, at least with 2.5 units that count towards graduation. Okay, and then they have a note right here, um, if you're transferring from a block schedule. Um, So let's go down here to age. Uh, Basically, to participate in esports, you must not have reached um, your 19th birthday prior to May 1st, preceding the year of the student's participation. And then, of course, it talks about physicals and how you have to have those. Um, Those are usually conducted uh, at the school. Uh, I know our school has a special day when doctors come and do physicals. So you might want to talk to your school about that. Um, So here's another thing about academics. Uh, The student has to have eight consecutive semesters or four consecutive years of eligibility from the date of entry into ninth grade to be eligible for competition. A student is not considered to have entered the ninth grade when the high school level courses are taken if the student is regularly enrolled in a school in a grade below the ninth grade. Credits earned towards high school graduation, which are taken below the ninth grade, may be used when considering eligibility. The provisions of the eight semester rule in the case of an individual student may be waived by the executive director upon presentation of evidence of true hardship beyond the student's control or by the state executive committee upon a timely application by a member school for the placement of their spring or fall agenda. Okay, so there's that. And that's really all you need to, you know, talk about Uh, the rest of this. If you want to, uh, you can kind of read on your own. There is a rule about transfer students um, if your kid or student falls into that. So there you go. But I did want to go over those with you guys, um, especially coaches. So now that you know what they are. So I hope you found this helpful. And I'm going to take a quick break and try to learn how to talk again. All right. Welcome back to the eSports Report. Um, Hopefully, I will not stumble over my words in this conclusion. Um, So, yeah, I know we normally do the one-minute rant, but it's really hard to rant during summer break. I mean... So I hope everybody has a good rest of their day. And as always, feel free to contact us, uh, Facebook, Twitter, email, if you want to come on the pod. If you have a a topic idea that you want us to discuss, we love hearing from you guys. Uh, Yeah. So I hope you have a good day. Bye.